Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Live Free Podcast. This is episode number two. Today, we have a very exciting episode. It's going to be talking about the 43 unit deal that we have going on in the Pocono. It's about to close on it, about to get it started. Super excited about it. I'm your host, Mike, here with your host, JD. Uh, how you doing today, JD? I'm doing great, and I'm really excited to get into this episode with you guys. It's going to be an absolute treat. We're going to go over a giant bird deal. Uh, featured in the short-term rental space and I can't wait to break this one down for you guys I think there's gonna be a lot of gems in this episode and uh, even better it's in the Poconos which is a super hot market and somewhere that a lot of you guys have been asking about so I'm excited to get into it I think I'll let Mike take the the reins here and get into the location in the Poconos since he owns a unit up there himself yeah so first it, it's located right in the Pocono Pines area of, uh, of the Poconos um, it's right off the, the highway there. I forget the name of the, the highway right there. Do you remember that one? I do. It's uh, Route 447, and it's, it's pretty easy to remember for me because the property address has Route 447 in the name. Uh, it's a central location in the Poconos. Um, you're not too far from a lot of the, the main attractions. There's, there's some lakes nearby. Uh, the ski slopes are not too far off, maybe 20 minutes. And you also have a lot of the, the local breweries and, and the local activities to check out right there. So we're really excited about this location. Um, it's enough off the beaten path and has its, its own feel to it. So you definitely feel that you have that, that little isolation piece and that uh, serenity that a lot of people look for and a lot of guests are looking for while still being close to a lot of the central attractions. Mike, what, what inspired you to purchase in the Poconos? Um, I just love that market. Um, what's really... Uh, just calling to me about the Poconos is, is an all year around market. So whether it's summer, winter, spring, fall, whatever it be, people are coming, people are vacationing, people are going to the Poconos all day, all, all year long, and you know just trying to get away. And unlike some other markets like, like the Philly market where we see um, a lot more people coming in the summer and not as many people in the winter, it's, it's all year round and, and people are coming no matter what. So that's just like a huge thing for me um, as well as appreciation is just super great there as well. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about it. Uh, COVID definitely acted as a catalyst for appreciation up in that market. The Poconos was always the go-to place for both New York, Philadelphia, and the suburbs around to go get get some vacation. Um, again, due to the serenity that that area offers and those amenities that I spoke about. What's really interesting with these particular units, being a 43-unit property, I think it, it only does you guys justice for me to break down exactly what this looks like. So there is a main house that has uh, several units, several apartment style units, and we're going to leave those alone, leave them as long term. But where it gets really interesting is, is the piece that we're going to do with the rest of the units that there's a ton of little cabins and bungalows that just span across the property, each having their own space, each small units that are going to attract efficiency in one bedroom guests so you're going to get a lot of romantic retreats uh, a lot of smaller groups and honestly i think uh, a lot of investors are a little intimidated by that but in our portfolio now we have a property that is four bungalows uh, that has the same style setup and those things have some of the highest occupancy that we've seen in the poconos out of everything we have in the portfolio and the reason that is, I think there's a lot more group travelers, small group travelers, than there are larger groups looking to book, and there's a lot less competition for these smaller homes. Uh, so the demand is, is definitely there. We've been seeing occupancy rates about 85 to 90% on our other bungalows, and we're really excited to get in and renovate all these efficiency units, 
really do the landscaping up, add some fireplaces outside, uh, and get these things to be premium units in the one-bedroom market. Uh, and that's really going to capture the highest occupancy rate that we can get, and, and we're excited about that. Yeah, there's actually been a ton of things that some of our guys, and I've been able to look at some of what our guys are planning on doing um, to the outside, to the inside, and it, I think it's going to be really, really cool what um, the things they've been able to look at and, and figure out what they want to do. Um, it's going to be like a huge community space on the outside and really like homely and, and nice on the inside. Yeah, definitely. And the other nice thing to remember, so let me hit you guys with the purchase price here. It's a $4.325 million purchase price, which comes out to just about $100,000 a unit. And at that price, you, if you break it down, the financing on $100,000 a unit isn't a whole lot that you have to cover. So the nightly rates don't have to be anything outrageous, and they're going to be super affordable for couples and small groups who are going up to the Poconos to hop in there, have the time of their life at an affordable rate, and we're still going to have uh, an incredible bottom line given the, the cost per unit here. Um, the renovation costs on the whole project are about 450000 across all the units. We're going in there. We're touching up all the bathrooms. We're going to replace all the tile. We're going to add some soak tubs to a lot of these units. We're redoing a lot of the interior with tongue and groove wood paneling, which will really give you that cabin vibe. Um, I hope you guys are already getting excited about what these units are going to turn out like. Mike, you've stayed in some of our other bungalows, which have a lot of similar features. Can you talk about some of your experience staying up there? Yeah, so I mean, it just as soon as you walk in with the lit fireplace, the bottle of lime sitting there, the nice handwritten note, and then the little book with all the, the handwritten um, reviews from previous guests, all the things, the pictures on the walls, it just, it feels so nice to be able to walk into a cabin and feel like you're in a cabin, but you still have a lot of luxuries like, you know, um, refrigerators um, and things like that. Um, yeah, it's you, just like glamping. Yeah, you definitely hit a, a huge touch point there. Uh, a lot of the Poconos units on the market now are, are a little bit older, a little bit outdated. So to go in there and renovate these, add some stainless steel appliances, uh, to the mix to have these brand new wood paneling features uh, it's gonna feel very modern it's gonna feel like clamping but again at such an affordable rate um, that we should be able to capture most of the market between the location and how these things are finished uh, the outdoor areas are gonna be phenomenal we're still playing around with some of the rec spaces and what we can do we're thinking about a pickleball court that's everly popular up in the Poconos we're also thinking about adding some axe throwing there. We have uh, a kitchen space that we can can renovate and really start to offer some food options. So without even underwriting for these extra amenities and, and how we can charge and get some extra additional revenue on the bottom line, um, we're already looking really solid. So as a long-term rental now, the way that this place is finished, uh, these guys, the previous owners have had about an 8% cap rate on a long term, we're going to get that up to about 14% as a short term. And all you investors out there know a 14% cap rate is not attainable in most markets. So for us to be able to find a burr deal, um, not having to throw a whole lot of money in there and, and get this thing up and running to a 14% cap rate, we've really found a unicorn deal here. And I, I can't wait to get started with this project. So the next thing I think we should talk about is how we, we came about finding this deal. Uh, really, a lot of the guys on our, our real estate team here spend and most of their time hunting on Zillow, on Realtor.com, on the MLS, 
all over the place just to find some of these deals. And it was late night one night. One of the guys on our team, uh, Tyler Winjet, big shout out to him for uh, finding this in his late night search, um, found a, a $4 million property listed for sale and showed me. And I knew as soon as I saw it that with the layout that the grounds have with all these little bungalows around that weren't really done up the right way, um, with the main units already being fully renovated, I knew we had a lot of opportunity here to, to capture what we were looking for. So uh, we went in, we, we tried to contact the seller. Uh, interestingly enough, the broker that was on it at the time um, was ruffling a lot of feathers with the seller and we could not get in contact with this broker. Um, every time we, we made a call in, uh, they said they would get in touch with the, the seller and nothing came back. So it was kind of a, a goose chase here for a little bit and that made it a bit difficult they the seller ended up unlisting it and we had to get in contact with the seller directly to make this happen um, this took a lot of effort it was really hard uh, going down and, and chasing the tracks for getting a hold of the seller here but we ended up going to the property and going into the main house and contacting the maintenance team over and over again until they put us in touch with the seller so we can start negotiating this thing uh, we presented a couple options to the seller. We had initially presented a uh, seller financing option and then a purchase option that was a little heavier on the, the funding side so that they had two different choices. Um, we were in competition with a couple different people at this point. It took us a couple months to get a hold of the seller and I guess a, a couple other people were interested as well. So after uh, getting into a little bit of the war, we ended with that final purchase price of $4.325 How we came up with that? We underwrote the numbers and saw, like I said, it was going to be a 14% cap rate once we got in there and got done what we needed to do. Um, it was operating just under 8% cap rate as long term, which is still phenomenal in this market. Uh, and those numbers worked for us. So when you guys are out there and you're looking at a deal, paying a little bit over asking is, is not a problem if the numbers still work. I don't think the sellers price this right. Uh, a lot of you out there know in the short term rental industry that Regulation is a big factor in short term. And with this property being zoned as a resort, uh, ironically, the seller was on the zoning board for the township um, and still does remain on the, the zoning board. Uh, this property was an absolute gem in terms of regulatory fears. There's, there's no chance that this thing ever has any trouble with regulation being zoned as a resort. Uh, we knew that we had to get this. Uh, the numbers worked, and we were willing to offer that $4.325 million to get this thing under contract. Uh, and it, it really worked out for us in the end. So what kind of things do you need in the Poconos in terms of, like, uh, in terms of fees or permits? Um, you, you had mentioned the, the resort zoning. Um, anything else that you need in terms of permits or fees? Yeah, that's a great question, Mike. So the Poconos market is really interesting in the sense that there's a bunch of different levels that you have to check if a, a rental is even allowed on the short-term market. So it, it all starts with the HOAs. Um, a lot of the Poconos houses are in HOAs. A lot of these communities were started back in the 1960s. And with that, there's HOA boards um, that some of them are super short-term rental friendly. A lot of these communities have a lot of amenities for guests and vacationers. Um, and they wanna offer those and share those to the community. But other places are very against short-term rentals and want it to be just for family vacationers. They don't allow short-term rentals at all. So there is a website you can check out what is still allowed and what's not allowed, what places are kind of on the fence. We've seen some HOAs taking away the ability to short-term rent without grandfathering in. 
um, which gets a little bit scary. So we prompt all of our investors to go into the, the super green light, if you will, of the short-term rental space. And we try to get them to invest in those communities. But then after that, you also have to look at the township. So different townships have different fees and permits that you're gonna need to get. You're gonna have to put in an application with them. They're usually not too steep, maybe 400 to $600. What, what were you looking at, Mike, with your purchase? Uh, in terms of fees, so it's really different, honestly, depending on the township, the HOA, all those sort of things. So each each township is different depending on if they require to require you to get a permit uh, yearly or quarterly or anything like that. My particular township was uh, $200 for the very first initial um, start, and then it's $150 a year, and then they do a little inspection. So that was pretty simple. Um, but each each township is different where some might be a hundred some might be two hundred dollars some might be uh, you're good just get, get yourself registered with us um, and the HOAs are very different each each one too some are like yeah you can do it not a problem some no not at all some you can do it, but you have to pay each each time some yeah sure you can do it but you can only have so many people there you can only have so many cars parked in the driveway it, it's it's so crazy each different place does different things yeah, and with them all being so different, you really have to be careful when you're looking at it. Uh, after the HOA level, you have to focus on the township level. Some of the townships are really cut and dry. Um, they allow short-term rentals, other ones don't. Uh, Toby Hanna, one of the main townships, is up in the air right now. They're thinking about passing something that's going to not allow short-term rentals, which would then put it back on the HOA level. So if your HOA says it's good, then you're still going to be good, um, which kind of <laughs> makes the Toby Hanna law just not that important in a sense, uh, given that the HOAs, HOAs will still dictate it. But you really have to be careful, and, and that's why we, we prompt you to talk to an agent who knows what they're talking about when it comes to the regulations up there. Given that the property that we're acquiring here is in Canadensis, uh, which is Barrett Township, they are the loosest township in the Poconos when it comes to regulations, and this property is always already zoned right. So again, this, this place is gonna be a gem for that reason. Now, let me talk a little bit about the financing for this deal. Given that it's 43 units, a lot of lenders cut it off closer to 29 or 30 units when they're financing properties. A lot of lenders don't like to touch short-term lending. Uh, and the way to get around that is pick up the phone and start dialing. Uh, what we ended up doing is getting in contact with dozens of different lenders, going through conversations and underwriting with dozens of different lenders. And those of you have, who have applied for a mortgage before, um, especially a commercial, the amount of paperwork you have to fill out just to, just to go through their underwriting process uh, is a job in itself. Um, I had to, to fill out and submit financial statements, um, dozens of different statements and paperwork for each different lender we went through. And we finally landed on a lender who is local and they will do 80% of the acquisition uh, which leaves us to only fund 20% of it, and they will also do 100% of the renovation costs. Um, for those of you out there who have dabbled into any of commercial acquisitions, those are fire numbers to get, um, leaving us at an LTV of about 81 and uh, a few and some change in terms of percentage for this acquisition, which is huge. Um, that's going to make our cash on cash numbers scream. Uh, it's an interest-only financed loan for the first year while we do the renovation. We should be able to knock out these 27 units in the first four to five months. And after that, we're going to have quite a substantial amount of cash flow uh, from there. So we're going to be able to refinance at the end. 
like we said, this is a Burr deal. So we're buying it, we're gonna renovate it, then we're gonna refinance it. And after that, we get to do the, the bread and butter renting it out. Um, with us renting out on the short term for 27 of these units and the long term, given the current rent roll, we're looking at about $599,000 of net operating income, um, which on a purchase of 4.325 million and 450,000 renovation, uh, you can see how we get to such a heavy cap rate with such a heavy net operating income. Just to get a little deeper into the numbers, that works out to about $49,000 a month in net operating income with only financing expenses of 29,000. So we're looking at, at about $20,000 in cash flow a month. Mike, what do you think about $20,000 a month in cash flow? I think that's that's absolutely incredible. Um, something like that is, is just life-changing. Yeah, absolutely. So we're gonna be able to return pretty good numbers to our investors. Mike, I'm gonna let you take a crack at how to structure um, bringing investors in on a deal like this. Uh, there's a couple different ways you can go about it. What, what would your first thoughts be on, on bringing investors in on this type of deal? Uh, my first thoughts would be, as a management company, I would, I would first um, make my move to, to get them their return on money back um, and not really take profits as a management company um, until the investor's money is, is, is first returned. Um, but I would, I would just start to try to make numbers work and, and see how best we can do it. Yeah, and uh, being a freak in the sheets, as I like to say, running these numbers, um, we were able to find something that, that looks very attractive to investors, still good for us as deal providers. And you hit a really big touch point there in what's called uh, waterfall um, or preferred returns in that we focus on the investor's returns first. Uh, a lot of the refinance money um, that we're gonna get at the end of this thing. We'll refinance at about 75% LTV, um, which should get us about seven, dollars to $700,000 back in the door, uh, depending on how that final appraisal comes back out. Um, given that we only need approximately a million dollars to get into this deal, um, that first year refi is gonna return a lot of the investor's capital. Um, $20,000 a month cash flow doesn't take too long to, to bang out the rest of the investor funds, and we're gonna take the back seat until they get their money back here. Uh, we're looking at maybe a two-year turnaround on investor capital, and they will still have equity in the deal because we're offering two different ways to get involved in this project. We still have a very small amount of room left to get involved if you guys are interested with the $50,000 minimum. What that looks like is, as an equity partner, you can put in some money, get some equity in the project, which means you'll be getting a prorated amount of cash flow every month, you'll still have equity in the deal when we ever go to exit or any refi we do, there's gonna be cash proceeds returned to you as well as those cash flows. Now, the other option, which in today's market where deals are ever hard to find with the market being so hot, uh, we are offering a 10% straight interest return on any money provided to this deal. So as a private money lender, 10% uh, is a decent amount of money to be getting back on your return there. If you guys haven't been looking at the crypto market or the stock market lately, even though it's still kind of hot, it's it's down. And we don't know quite how long that'll be with a, a pending recession looming here. So 10% uh, return is not a bad place to park your money versus the current inflation rates that we're looking at. Uh, Mike, you really hit it. So the two options are equity partner or interest partner. And both of those methods, you're going to get your money returned pretty quickly, given the, that refi piece. Now, Mike, when you go to look for investment, what kind of return on investment do you typically look for? 
um, just just like that last episode, um, I'm looking anywhere from talking cash on cash. I'm looking anywhere from like fifteen to twenty percent, um, and that's typically gonna be found somewhere in the Poconos or some other markets we look at. Um, if, if it's anything less than that, I don't really touch it unless it's it's more like an appreciation play or something like that. Yeah, and that's the beauty here is is we're able to get investors their money returned in just about a two year timeline, making it a fifty percent return, and that's that's not even counting the fact that they'll still have some equity in this deal. Um, so the numbers are astronomical, and as a short term rental management company ourselves, uh, it's it's a win win win. We're gonna we're gonna get a management contract here. We're gonna be okay on our end, and the investors are really gonna start to see some some money flowing back in the door. Now. Let's switch into the advertising plan because I think that's where it gets really interesting um, on what we can do. Mike, what kind of units have you seen in the Poconos? And, and I would love to dive back into some of your experience in staying up there. You have a place yourself uh, that's three bedrooms. You've seen some houses that we have that are larger. You've seen some that's smaller. Um, what do you think we should do as far as advertising to get this, this place off the ground? Well, it's super interesting and different um, coming from a much bigger place, of course. Um, because typically you don't really need to do much advertising when you're doing just one one single house where Airbnb kind of takes over that task for you of, of advertising it. Um, all, and all you need to do is just have good reservations and good bookings and then have them write good reviews and then Airbnb will do all the work of advertising for you by just listing on their website and maybe pushing to the top so more people see it. So things like that, it's very different when you have a much bigger place because then you actually start to think about, hey, like maybe I should spend some money on advertising, whether it be five, ten thousand dollars a month even, um, and and maybe make a website and get some people to answer the phone, maybe some virtual assistants to answer the phone, people call to make reservations through there. Um, doing things like that, maybe even billboards right around there, um, things like that actually will help a ton, I'm sure, and, and return way more than you're going to be spending. Yeah, that's right. Um, the, the Poconos, believe it or not, as as desirable of an area it is, it, as it is, um, it still has that small town feel. And when people hear about a, a new place coming up, the word of mouth advertising is going to be huge. We're going to be putting out direct mailers uh, and really encourage people to start staying here. And that's that's how we get back to those, those high occupancy numbers we talked about. Uh, we underwrote at about 70% occupancy, which is less than our other one bedrooms are doing. And even with that, we should see monthly gross here of about 2,900 on the studio units and the efficiency units, uh, 3,400 on the one bedrooms, and we have a, a two bedroom there on the property. One of the, the cabins is a little bit larger. That thing should be pulling in close to $3,900 a month gross. Um, again, at a, an acquisition of $100,000 a unit, uh, this thing is gonna blow the numbers out of the water. So it, it really helps that we have that advertising plan in place and we should be able to get to a lot of these numbers that we projected um, that we have here. Now, the other thing I wanted to touch on is, is how the Poconos market is growing. Um, there's been a pretty big development that's, that's set to start getting built. Um, it's already been acquired. The, the news has already covered this quite extensively in that they're putting in a $1.3 billion resort um, about 10, 11 miles away from our place here. Uh, it's gonna be a Margaritaville. So for, for those Margarita lovers, those outdoor lovers, um, you're gonna have a place to go in the summer in the Poconos that's just gonna be phenomenal. They're, they're pouring literally a billion dollars into the Poconos now. So uh, a, a lot of fear that we see from some of the investors with the recession coming in is what happens if the market downturns? 
And with the amount of development that's happening in the Poconos, with the fact that it's it's always been a hot market, the purchase prices are, are already fairly cheap. Um, and especially for us on this deal, the market could downturn 30% and we still would not be underwater on the loan that we're carrying. So we're in a really good position with this, this acquisition. And I hope that you guys have some interest um, and follow along as we bring this place to life. Now, uh, keep in mind, we'll have an Instagram going for this on the advertising. We encourage you to follow it. Uh, we'll announce the name on a later podcast. We don't want to, to really throw that out there until it's all, all ready and all the marketing is done, but keep your eyes open. Now, Mike, uh, what other things do you think would add value to the property if we were to get a little crazy with some of the extra space that we have, uh, given that it's zone commercial? We could do just about anything here on the, on the grounds. Um, what, what would you be looking to add here? So I think what would be super interesting, and what, and what that we actually have seen at uh, our other place in North Carolina, um, Feeling Springs, is they have a little like gift shop they kind of do, um, where you walk into the main building and they have like you know like chips or snacks or towels or anything like that. Um, I think something like that right away will just add value right away. People walk in, they're like, oh, like I could use some marshmallows, some s'mores, things like that. Buy buy those up. Think things like that or like vending machines or I was thinking like axe throwing. We have a little section right to the right or to the left that we can change the axe throwing. And what's super cool is since it is right off the highway near a bunch of other like areas people are going to anyway, it's not even just the guests that are gonna be staying at, at the four to three units, but people driving by as well that are gonna see the sign and, and stop anyway. So it'll bring people into there and, and maybe later they'll, they'll go and stay there anyway because they just love it so much. Um, those are two things right away. Um, as well as maybe a little casino machine. Um, you know, people, everyone loves to gamble, of course. Everyone goes in there, you know, throw five bucks on there. Maybe you win, maybe you don't. Um, things like ice machines or laundry machines, coin laundry, all those things, just little things you can add. And then they, they really stack themselves up in, in terms of how much money you can make off of those things. Yeah, I mean, adding those, those little pieces that will get the locals in there and get some additional people spending some money. Um, a lot of the things that you mentioned are really low cost. Um, but we'll have a quick ROI on, on what we're doing there, uh, especially if we can develop any additional revenue to what we already underwrote with the, the rental income that's coming in. Um, as far as this episode, Mike, I think I covered most everything I wanted to on the property. Is there anything else you'd like to dive into before we let our viewers go here? Um, not too, too much. Uh, do we have any, any sort of expectation of if we want to add more units? Or is there any, any available land maybe if you want to add some more log cabins or anything like that? Yeah, so the property is actually on 11 acres. Um, some of it is wooded. It only takes about $4,000 an acre to get these, these trees removed. Um, we could definitely start to add a little bit of, uh, we could add some extra cabins. Uh, given that we have about $20,000 a month in cash flow, it wouldn't be too hard to, to plop some additional units down there, um, especially with the zoning we already have. So that's definitely something we're gonna be looking to do after the, the renovation piece is completed. Uh, and once we start to get some of this commercial activity up. Yeah, so one more question I have for you. Is there any way we can we could make it maybe more efficient and save a little bit of money on the management side? Yeah, and we definitely can. With us already having uh, dozens of units up there, uh, adding another 43 to the scale, uh, operationally, we're going to have a lot of advantages that other players don't. Um, there's already laundry on site, which is a, a big difficulty for a lot of Poconos units. Um, given that laundry can get pretty expensive, we're gonna be able to order supplies in bulk. We already manage over 200 units elsewhere, so 
just just from an operational standpoint, we're going to be able to use the scale to get any supplies, consumables, laundry, trash removal, anything done that needs to be done um, at any given property, we're gonna be able to get that done at scale at a much cheaper cost. So investors will definitely benefit from that as well. Uh, and the guests will see that in the pricing as well. All right, I think that's about it. That's gonna bring us to the end of this episode, guys. Thank you guys for listening to episode two of the Live Free Podcast. I am your co-host, Mikey, with your host, JD. My at is at Live Free with Mikey, and JD's is? At Live Free with JD. Thank you guys for following along, and remember to live free out there. Live free.